Hi, this is Margie Geiler Alanis. This week on Shining Bright, we're taking it to Nashville and talking to musician Deanie Richardson, a fiddle playing powerhouse. We'll talk about her musical journey from an early age to being on stage with some of the country music greats, and now to her role in the award winning band Sister Sadie on Shining Bright by Farmher, Saturday at noon and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Roll Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farmher radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farmher. Welcome to Shining Bright. We are hanging out here in the studio today, and uh, we've got a cool episode on tap. You know, I I hope you feel like you're always hearing different things with this podcast, right? Like we we're, we talk to all different kinds of women that, yep. that jump Lots out of different us. topics. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one funny thing, uh, not funny. One interesting thing that that comes our way, and part of that is through our connection with RFD TV and mm-hmm. Rural Radio is. Um, we find out about some cool women musicians here and there. And I don't know about you, but I love music. Yeah, We've talked about this. I love music more and more, I think. Yeah. And there's been times where like, I can think about it. Like I was going into a meeting where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. know. And you were like, listen to this song before you go. Here's in. a song for you, yeah. Margie. Just yeah. blast this one. It'll pump you <laughs> up. And But music has the ability to do that. It and does. I love hearing the stories of the women behind it, especially mm-hmm. too. And yeah. so we've, we've got a woman coming up um, later, Deanie Richardson, who's part of a band, Sister Sadie. But she has an impressive, an impressive um, lineup. But she's going to talk about, you know, she started on the stage on a big stage at a very early age. Right. Did you say in, in Las Vegas? And yeah, and yeah. and so she's going to talk about that and I think it's it's very interesting but um you know it kind of goes back to what what we talk about a lot is you know you mm. might find yourself on a stage or in a room or at an event or something where maybe you don't feel like you quite belong. Yep, right? Yep. And this just happened to me. Um I was invited through the Goldman Sachs program. I've made great connections with um uh, many people and through DMAC, our local community, community college, college. Uh, here in Central Iowa, which is just fabulous, like fabulous programming and and wow, what they do for, for young people. But um, they, they've invited me to a lot of things. Like they're mm-hmm. helping me stretch myself, I think is what's going on behind <laughs> the scenes. They're like, Margie needs to stretch further. Yep. So uh, they invited Inserting me. Inserting yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And so they invited me to the CEO summit and I was like, this was a couple months ago and I was like, sure, I'll go. And then like the day rolls around yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And so I, I told Tony in the morning, but I was getting ready and trying to decide what to wear. And the dress was business, which, you know, me like <laughs> jeans and a blazer is pretty it's much business. super dressed up. But I was like, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb if I wear jeans here. Um, and so I told Tony, I said, I don't want to go. I am mm-hmm. going to be a fish out of water. Like I'm going to be way out of my league at this, at this. And I'm equating this back to Deanie because I'm guessing she felt like she was out of her league when she was, you know, a teenager and walked onto a massive, massive stage, stage yeah. with some big names. And uh, same thing with me. Like there was people who attended the CEOs of companies that are very big in our area mm-hmm. that you see all over the place that I struggle to put myself in the same bucket as them. Right. And so I thought, I don't, I don't belong here. Yeah. And, but I signed up and I said, I would go. So darn it. Like I'm I going. showed up. And I walk in there and I feel like I kind of want to throw up a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> and it was exactly the crowd that I kind of expected it, 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 it to looked be like a, a snapshot into my former life. Uh-huh. Of, it was, I would say out of, let's say there was 150 people, there was maybe 15 women at the most in the room. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Oh, and, but yeah. that, that's, that's the deal, so that's right? About right. They mm-hmm. say the C-suite, right? Like yep. you've got yep. less it's, than it's 10%. A- um, yeah, yep. it, it's a proper reflection of, of what it looks like. It's real, mm-hmm. but it makes some of us not want to walk into that room yeah. from the get go, unfortunately. But I just like took a deep breath and went in and found my table. And then I was like, now, who do I talk to? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh. no, this is the worst part until you get going. Here's uh-huh. one cool thing. My cousin's wife. So my cousin walks in the door who I rarely see. She is um, very senior management at a place called the Foundry in Webster City, Iowa. Uh-huh. And I was like, 
Gosh, I'm so happy that you're here. And, you know, it kind of like, but then, then they see you at a table and it turns out that all of the people at the table were very nice and intrigued to hear about Farm Her. Many of them have seen Farm Her on TV, maybe on Channel 11, maybe on RFD TV or at the fair. And so they were familiar with it and they wanted to know more. And they were, none of them said, you should leave. You don't belong here. (laughs) And I think that's just the thing. Like the fear, the fear ahead of time is like crippling. It was. And Uh I was like, I know better. I tell people all the time to just suck it up and walk in there. But it, I, here's, I guess, the point that no matter who you are, yep. no matter how little or how big the stage or the room mm-hmm. or the event, we all have this. Like, yes. We all do. It's, it is it is very normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I stayed and later on in this episode, I'll share with you some of the cool things that I took away because I think this is the thing, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, yeah. you There's learn something. always you something can, to learn. There is. Always. And it doesn't have to be a whole pile of things. It could be one thing, but... Um, we're going to hear from Deanie Richardson coming up and she is a powerhouse man. She has played with some really cool people along her career. You're going to love to hear her story. So stick with us here on Shining Bright to hear from Deanie Richardson, a fiddle player extraordinaire. This is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa, in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes, such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We have a special treat today, something a little out of the norm, but one of our favorite things to do here. We have got um, a woman musician on the phone, Deanie Richardson. Welcome to Shining Bright. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's take it back a ways. Could you introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us a little bit about your past, maybe where you're from, and a little bit about your musical career. Sure. I actually was born here in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Grew up just west of town in a small, uh, west of Nashville in a small town called Kingston Springs, where my grandparents and my dad played music locally with all the the locals. And I grew up hearing that and watching them play. And when I was nine years old, uh, mom and dad got me a fiddle for Christmas and it was on after that. It changed the game. Yeah. So um, evidently, I, I would always hang out and watch them play and dance or whatever. <laughs> so I started fiddle lessons here in Nashville for about three years and and then started entering some fiddle contests and just finding any place to play I could. And still, however, had the honor and privilege of playing with those old timers. Mm-hmm. I, I still say today that that's where I really learned to play is, is my grandfather. He used to call me Krauthead because my hair is blonde. <laughs> and uh, he would he would force me to play solos when I didn't even know what I was doing. So I, he would say, Krauthead, play it. And uh, I still believe today that that's truly where I learned to play other than those lessons, you know, just being thrown into the fire with, with those old guys that played locally and my grandfather. And, and uh, from there, I I started playing some bluegrass music with some bluegrass bands and traveling around. I I joined an all-girl bluegrass band called the New Coon Creek Girls. They were Uh based out of Kentucky, Berea, Kentucky. Okay. And I toured with them for a little bit. I was 15, 16 years old. Wow. And uh, heading out on the road. And it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot from those ladies. And from there, I decided I wanted to do some country music. So I started uh, playing fiddle at 17 started playing with Holly Dunn. Wow. Um, country singer. And then I remember how old I was because our first, my first gig with her was I'd never been on a plane and never 
been in a casino, but I flew to Vegas, <laughs> played a week out there in Vegas. At 17. Done. At 17, and I, I was too young to even enter the casino. They had to take me through the kitchen or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was amazing. I got to open f- uh, with her, play with her, and we opened for Conway Twitty and Georgia Jones wow. for a solid week. So that was pretty spectacular and, and uh, toured with her for about four years. And then I joined Patty Loveless's band and uh, still play with Patty to this day. So about 20, 20 something years in with Patty and, and love her to pieces. And she's probably my, my biggest inspiration musically and, and in my life. She's just a great human being and, and loved getting to work with her. Yeah. And and um after that played some Irish music. I went out with the Chieftains. Okay. And toured with them for several years and that was a, a dream a fiddler's dream come true, you know. Getting to play fiddle tunes all night with the Chieftains. I can't imagine. <laughs> so that was amazing. Learned a lot. Got to go to uh, all over the the world basically with those guys. And then uh, played some with Vince Gill for a couple of years with Vince Gill and did a big tour with him. And then my last big tour I did, I've always wanted to be on a rock and roll tour and uh, just didn't know how I would make that happen being a fiddler. But I got a call one day from uh, Bob Seger asking me to play on his his new record and then uh, went out and did a tour with Bob Seger, played on his last two records. And then I went uh, back to some bluegrass from there. So I've kind of done a big old circle and yeah, and that's that's where I joined Sister Sadie, or when I joined the Sister Sadie Girls, and yeah, and uh, we've been at this for seven years, I believe, and and just has taken off and and doing so well, and Grammy nominations, and just been a blast to be out and making music with these girls. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, your career just amazes me when I listen to it. You make it sound like a. Uh, very simple. And I, I'm sure it wasn't like that. But uh, I get you, when you have to condense it down, right to tell somebody right. about like, let me pack, you know, 20 years of life into right. two minutes. But um, I one thing I honed in on, and we, we talk a lot about confidence on our show, as a 17 year old, um, you know, getting on a plane flying across the country and walking onto a stage. Were you scared? <laughs> oh, I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. Terrified. All of it terrified me. I'd never really been out of my small town. Not like that. You know, I'd played some bluegrass festivals, but a uh, little country girl from Kingston Springs, Tennessee, hopping on a plane, flying to Vegas. Uh, yeah, I was terrified of all of it and, and stayed in this big hotel for a week by myself. And mm-hmm. it was it was a big deal for, for me, but to get to be on the stage that, George Jones and Conway yeah. Twitty were on. That was, I look back on that now and I just can't believe I've had these <laughs> opportunities that I've had. At the time, you just kind of do them. Yeah. But well, now when I look back, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so blessed. Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to ask. You know, um, we talk a lot about this confidence journey and and I meet a lot of young women who, you know, are from tiny towns in somewhere, some dot that, you know, you fly over um, on an airplane and, you know, might have an opportunity to to leave that town and it seems scary. But, um, you know, did you have somebody pushing you or was it that like dream of that stage that got you there? Oh, well, my parents were very supportive and my grandparents, you know, throughout my career, mom and dad drove me all over the place entering these fiddle contests and bluegrass festivals. But I always knew this was what I wanted to do, and um, I, I've been my one of my biggest blessings is just that I've gotten to work for people who I truly love their music. You know, I've never really had to go do a gig that I just did for money. The money's been nice, but I've worked with singers that I was already listening to as a kid. You know, so to get to go out. And be on the stage with Holly Dunn and Patty Love. I had all their records, mm-hmm. you know, Vince Gill and, and just the Chieftains. I'll never forget just seeing them on PBS once and going, oh, my gosh, I love that. And I was a little girl. And to get to walk on stage with them just it blows my mind, you know, that, that I've been able to do this. But I, I had a pretty big fire lit under me that this is what I wanted to do and and I, I love music. I love all kinds of music. And I just am blessed to have played, in my opinion, what I call really great music. So um, yeah. 
yeah. from Irish to country to bluegrass to whatever, rock and roll. I mean, Bob Seger, it's Bob Seger. It's yeah. crazy <laughs> playing fiddle with Bob Seger. Yeah, you're giving me chills just listening to you talk about it. It's it's such a cool uh, experience and, and life that you've had, it it sounds like, to to get to live out your dream, right? And um, I think what I'm hearing you say to, to summarize it, we're going to head to break here in a minute, but it, um, you chase that dream and you, you haven't stopped chasing it. And it's, it's, uh, resulted in something really cool. Um, so like I said, we have to head to break here, but we're going to bring it back in just a few minutes. Um, I want to remind all of you out there, we are having our 20th and final grow event for women in agriculture right here in Iowa, November 15th. Head to our website, farmher.com to get tickets. It is going to be a blast, everybody. 20th and final. Uh, we're going to be filming a TV show there. We've got a lineup of amazing women on the stage that are going to be talking about their confidence journeys as well. And, um, you know, no matter what age you are, this is something I think that uh, we all need to pay attention to and tune into because it really does matter. It, it is a journey. And so again, farmher.com. Check out your um, uh, the events tab to find tickets to our Grow event this November 15th. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Margie. Join the journey by calling in and leaving a message with your questions or comments. Anything you want to share goes at 855-776-6147 or record it on your phone and email it to us at info at farmher.com. We look forward to hearing from you. back here on Shining Bright. And uh, if any of you out there listening are anything like me, you, like I said, I got chills just listening to uh, Deanie. It, it is such a journey. Life is such a journey. And you've had a pretty cool one. And it sounds like you just haven't stopped. Is there one thing that you could pick out, like one moment in this immense lineup of, of cool things that you've done that you could say, like, this was it for me? Like, this, this was the moment. Well, I think being nominated for the Grammy with the Sister Sadie ladies, um, that was surreal. Yeah. Just we, all of us, were little girls watching the Grammys and watching all of our heroes. You know, I remember being a little girl watching Mark O'Connor and Jerry Douglas and all these bluegrass guys that I just listen to and learn from all the time, accept their award on, on the Grammy, you know, when, when it when it Grammys, when it came on TV, and for the five of us to work so hard on this record, and we've all been friends our whole lives, mm -hmm. all five of us women, to get to experience that and to get that phone call that morning that we were all nominated. I got a call from our banjo player, and she was crying, and I knew when I picked up the phone why she was crying, and she's trying to tell me that that we we made it into the top 5 yeah and and we were all just texting each other and sobbing all day it was just <laughs> pretty surreal to actually think that that you're going to go to that show that you watched as a little girl and and get to be a part of that so that was the biggest icing on the cake yeah for us as a band and for me as an individual just getting to go to the grammys and actually getting that medallion that says our our music was acknowledged by you know the recording academy it's just pretty amazing and and hard to believe and then and my other thing was you know I get to work on the Grand Ole Opry a lot that's one of my dreams um as a little girl was to to play in that staff band at the Grand Ole Opry and I get to do that now I'm one of the sub fiddlers out at the Grand Ole Opry and uh I wanted to play that that stage with Sister Sadie, and we did that this year as well. We got to play back in May for the first time on the Opry and got a standing ovation and just blew me away to get to share that stage with that I cherish and love so much with, with those ladies. So I have lots of them, but those are two two really good ones. 
Yeah, those are, I, I mean, as far as like big moments go, you, th- those blow most things out of the water. And I, again, I just think back to the journey that, that you talked about. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times people are trying to figure out their paths and, and you go, you know, is it somebody that's going to help me get there? Is it something? And would you say in your journey, it's just been like, what is it about you that's allowed you to keep pushing through this? Because I'm sure that you've had what seemed like mountains in front of you at times, right? And you go, you know what, it'd be easier to like not do this. But what is it that about you about within yourself? Because I'm, I'm betting that it's not any one person that carried you through it. It's probably yourself, right? Uh, so what is it about you that pushed you through that? Well, I'm a very type A, pretty driven person. <laughs> and I work hard. I, in fact, I have a solo album out right now that I, I titled Love Hard, Work Hard, Play Hard. And that's kind of how I live my life. And um, that's my motto that I wake up to every day. So I have, I have worked hard to, to be this very blessed person to play all these things and with people I've gotten to play with. But I've also had some amazing people guide me. And like when I was a little girl, there was a, a couple that I played music with here in Nashville, Charmaine and Marty Lanham. And I never dreamed I would go backstage to the Grand Ole Opry, but they used to put me on the guest list and take me back there at, you know, 11, 12 years old. I would go sit backstage at the Grand Ole Opry and sit in Roy Yakov's dressing room and just play fiddle tunes all night for Roy. He would just call these tunes and I would play them. And I knew those tunes because of my grandfather. He knew those same tunes. And and I used to do that all the time. I would go back there and and I remember seeing Loretta Lynn walk out on that stage and, and all the lights just flashing as she walked out and raised her arm and waved to that audience. And those lit my fire. You know, those moments lit my fire. And, yeah. and I... Yeah, I knew that I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to play great music. I wanted to play with great musicians and great singers. And and I have played with many yes. men, many women who are fabulous. And um, just I had lots of people who helped. But a lot of these things have happened just in this stair step of, of, of just coincidences or just somebody's mentioned my name. Like, you know, I got the the Chieftains gig because I played with Vince Gill and they saw a, a YouTube of me on, on stage with Vince Gill and then they call and it's just been this staircase of of yeah events that have led me to the next thing and, and I don't know. It's just very blessed and but I do work hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's always the thing, you know. I mean, um what what we do, you know, over here is called Farm Her. And uh, it's, it was a dream and a passion of mine that I started six years ago. And I feel like many times people are like, wow, it's just all falling into place. Because I, mm-hmm. I give them that like uh, six year spin on, on what we do real quick, right? And I'm like, you know, I think the biggest thing behind the scenes is working hard and being passionate about it. Like, right. I, I, and I hear that in you too. Like, you've always known this is what this is what you're going to do. Right. And so... Uh, just doing it. So I, I can't even imagine being a little girl getting to stick, sit backstage and see, see those types of uh, role models, right? I mean, right. They, those types of things pave the way. And um, it's, it's pretty cool. So um, I, I just am in awe. I, I'm, uh, I, and speaking of little girls, uh, looking up to people on stage. I remember watching Holly Dunn and Patty Loveless on the stage at the Iowa State Fair when I was a little girl. Oh yeah. And I, I it may have been before you were touring with them. I I don't know. Gosh, I can't even think about what year it was. It was a good solid at least um I'm almost 40, so 30 30 yeah. some years ago. But right. uh you know, I just thought that those ladies were so cool and I I can remember just uh, sitting there with my parents watching it and just thinking like, this is awesome. Um, so uh, our paths may have crossed a really long time ago. <laughs> and yeah. and you were one of, if you were up there, you were one of those women that I was sitting there looking at going, wow, like what a cool thing to get to, to be those ladies and to get to play that amazing music. And uh, yeah, so 
Um, just, well, that's pretty cool. I know, right? It it popped into my my mind. My mom loved Holly Dunn and yeah. Patty Loveless too, and so uh, therefore I was still young enough where I loved them too. You know, it wasn't too right. cool for that. So that probably tells you I was probably like six or seven or something like that. Right. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, you know what? We were going to play some music, so we're going to have to we're going to have to play that in the next segment because I have we've just talked all the way through this one again. I think we could stay on here all day long. Uh, but uh, one uh, thing that I would like to to leave the audience with, if they want to find out more about you or about Sister Sadie, where would they go to do that? Well, I have a website that's just www.deanierichardson.com. And then there's sistersadieband.com. So you can order CDs or or just find out where we're going to be playing on yeah. either of those websites. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would definitely encourage uh, anybody out there listening to find out where they're playing. I know I'm going to look it up and see if I can find a show here sometime. Uh, sometime. It doesn't matter when. You know, it, it put it on my bucket list now. Um, but anyway, thank you so much, Deanie, for being on, on with us. And uh, as I said, we will bring it back into the next segment with a song from Sister Sadie. We'll be right back here on Shining Bright. everybody. This is Margie Geiler-Alanese from Shining Bright by Farm Her. I want to tell you about a friend, a community member, a business owner that we really believe in. Our house was kind of a shell when we bought it and we've been working on updating and changing and adding things on. And we found a local contractor that we can trust, that we love the work that they do. And that is Remodel Works. Check them out at remodelworksdb.com. They're right here in central Iowa. You'll love them. Welcome back to Shining Bright. Now we're going to hear a song from Sister Sadie, 900 Miles. Walking down this railroad track I got tears in my eyes Trying to read a letter from my home If this train run me right I'll be home by tomorrow night Cause I'm 900 miles from my home and I hate to hear that lonesome whistle blow Will this train I ride on Is a hundred coaches long Hear that whistle blow A hundred miles If this train I'm 900 miles from my home Oh Lord, I hate to hear that lonesome whistle blow I'll be home by tomorrow night 
Oh my goodness. Yay. That was absolutely beautiful. I loved it. Uh, Dini's story not only gave me chills as she was talking about it, but listening to her play, right, was beautiful. So again, Sister Sadie, check them out online. You won't be sorry. And um, like I said earlier, see if you can find somewhere where she's going to be playing. I know I'm going to I'm going to look her up. So um, with that, let's jump back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Right. And I I think this all plays to uh, Deanie walking out on a stage when she was 13 13. years in the Grand Old Opry. Opry. I mean, like, go big or go home. Right. And then finding Uh herself on stage with some of the biggest country music stars, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just a few years later, she'd like never been on a plane and landed in Vegas and got on a stage. And I just I can't even fathom being a young girl and Mm -hmm. and doing that and how scared she must have felt. But, you know, um, yeah, she did it. Yeah, she did it. So, yeah, I, and there's maybe some beauty to that. Maybe if we all were, you know, our younger selves again and we right. didn't maybe right. think about it so much, I know things would be a little easier. I think about that sometimes, like, oh, it would be. We get in our heads about she, stuff. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we have all these other brands with Farm Her and, mm-hmm. and I kind of start to go, oh my gosh, how can we do all this? And I think back to when I started this and I'm like, and now granted, I wasn't that much younger. I mean, right. I, I was a little bit younger than I am now, but. <laughs> Like it's when, when there's nothing to build on, it's so much easier. And I think that's what goes back to being younger. Mm -hmm. And, and then you pile on all the experiences of life that like Uh maybe knock you down a little bit and and you go, yeah, I don't change you a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you were, you've said this on a prior episode. Yeah. You grew up in Wisconsin, you went to college in Wisconsin, and then you literally just like packed up your car and went to North Carolina. Right. After I had lived in Wisconsin my entire life yeah. within at least a two hour radius of my hometown. Yeah. And I've never, mm-hmm. I mean, I leave Iowa all of the time, but I've right. never moved away from here. Right. So I consider that brave, yeah. strong, awesome, yeah. you know, good for you. Yeah, thanks. And, and, and I think back to that. And was there a lot of thought of the scary things? No, it was all the exciting things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The scary things hit me later. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but it's, but it's I mean, that was just reality. It wasn't bad, but but it wasn't. It was just like, all right, adventure, let's go. Yeah, I love that. I love uh-huh. that. And I think you need uh, to it's remember hard. that it, sometimes. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so, you know, I was in my closet telling myself I'm going to be out of my league going to this mm-hmm. conference, you know, that we talked about earlier. And and Tony looked at me and he said, just tell them the family motto or not tell them, <laughs> tell yourself the family remember motto. Remember the family motto. And I was like, what is the family motto? (laughs) (laughs) I've somehow missed it. And he goes, I'm not going to say the word, but he said, F them, right? Right. The the F word, M. And (laughs) I was like, you're right. You're right. And, and not that any of those people in that room were like, this wasn't directed at them. No, no, not at all. But it was directed directed towards yourself. Like, don't, don't let those outside thoughts get you. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No one person is more welcome in that room than anybody else. Yeah. And um, so I went in there and I sat down at my mm-hmm. table with, with all your, kinds of people who are from much bigger companies, much yep. more visible. Well, maybe not more visible. That's an mm-hmm. interesting thing about Farm Her. While we are all, a huge company on the backside, we're very visible. Very bit, yes. That's a good and, point. Um, one of the first things that I heard and cheers to the, the uh, guy who put this on and I wrote it down. 
one of the very first things he said was, you're in good company and you belong here. And you belong here. So do you think maybe some other people along the way have felt Mm -hmm. like maybe they don't belong, like a little bit of imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. right? In in landing in a room full of of strong, smart, competent, successful people. people. Um, Yeah. Like, yep. You're yeah. in good company and you belong here. And you here. belong here. So no matter what room you walk into, I think that's something it's good. A, like, yep. Yeah. First you can play our family motto yeah. in your head. Yep. Like that and always you can helps, tagline right? with this. Yeah. And then, and then remind yourself that yeah. you're there for a reason and it's, it's yeah. part of the journey. And so, you know, put a smile on your face. I always feel like that helps that me helps too in those too. situations. If I smile at somebody, usually mm-hmm. it's easier to strike up a conversation yep. and you know, like, if you don't know what to say, compliment somebody's necklace or, you know, whatever that is. Yep. I mean, there was, there's only like 15 women in the room, so it's hard <laughs> to find many necklaces to compliment. But, but you know, that's a whole nother subject. But mm-hmm. w- one reason why it was important for all of us to be there, right? That's to, right. To show up and to have that conversation. That's right. So when we come back, we've got a little bit more of this episode. I want to share with you guys some of the things that I learned there, because no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you've got something to learn. And if you find yourself landed in that situation, you might as well take the time to write down a few notes and take a few things away, right? Yep. Stick with us here on Shining Bright. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Margie from Farm Her. I want to remind you all that we have some really fun, functional, cute merchandise out on our store at farmher.com and fall has arrived in the farmher market we've got some new sweatshirts hoodies one of my favorite windbreakers out there so check it out at farmher.com and while you're there be sure to use the code shining bright and save 10 percent just for our listeners next week on shining bright we're talking farmhers and their journey into creating food from farmer and author Kate Johnson, who teaches others the art of cheese through her goat dairy, to Teresa Smith-Meyer, who harvests salt from the sea in South Carolina. These are some farmer journeys you'll want to hear on Shining Bright by Farmer. Welcome back to Shining Bright. Um, Margie was talking a little bit earlier about this event she attended. And so um, she's talked a lot about her Goldman Sachs experience, which has been amazing. And this, these are things they keep pulling you back in for, which is also very important it is. that you continue to re-engage and stay plugged in on all the hard work you did. And yes. they're giving you tools. I mean, this is neat. So yeah. recap quick for us again, what this event was yeah. and give us some highlights. So this was a CEO summit. It was like for executives, right? And, um, you know, like, just like everybody else out there, I, I, you know, I found myself going, do I belong here? Do I even have a pair of dress pants that I can put on <laughs> to show up here and not stick out like a sore thumb? And yes, those dress pants that I had were old, but yeah, whatever. Nobody, it nobody doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They weren't like coated in dog hair or anything. So that's right. good. But um, so yeah, it, it was a day to focus as executives in whatever our business is. And, and there was a broad range. I mean, there was, you know, somebody at my table who was the executive of a regional bank. Mm-hmm. There was somebody who heads up a speedway that we have here in Iowa that's, um, you know, a, um, owned by NASCAR. Yep. And, um, you know, there, there was all like a lot of construction companies, there was mm-hmm. development companies, there was a, a number of logistics companies, like big girl, big boy businesses yeah. for real. You know, I mean like a lot of employees, a lot of moving parts, a lot of dollars, mm-hmm. like millions and millions of dollars represented in that room. And, and so you can see why I might've felt like, Oh, yeah, I'm a, a, little a little bit of a fish out of water mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. but it's okay. It, it, it was okay. And, um, as I said, you know, opening it up, you're in good company and you belong here was good. But I want to tell you a few of the things early on that struck me in, in this. Um, w- there was a speaker there and he has written a book. He speaks all over the place. He does workshops. He has been in the military for many, many years. He's a very uh, like well-achieved person. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you all the things, all the that things he he's did, done. But, yeah. but he's, he's done a lot of them and he, he knows what he's talking about in the realm of leadership and especially uh, catering to like 
heads of companies. Yep. He has been the CEO of a Fortune 500 public company. You know, he, he's done he's all, done all of it, which always helps. Yeah. Uh-huh, when and, it comes to somebody instructing you. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Like he's, he's been in those shoes and he was yep. funny and he cussed a little bit here and there. And which you know, makes it, me like, always like people. Your so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, I could mm-hmm. hang with you. Yep. We can do this. Um, but one of the things he talked about was one of the hardest things if, of being a person who's maybe achieved some success at some point of uh, maybe it's in a club, maybe it's in a group, maybe it's in a business, whatever that is. One of the toughest things is he said, as soon as you achieve su- success, you're screwed. You've created a situation where you immediately need to change to take it to the next level. And sometimes that can be the hardest part, right? And yeah. I was like, you're right. Oh my gosh. gosh. That, see, that caught me because isn't that the truth? As soon as you've become successful, you're screwed because- Now you've just raised the bar. success next? Now what is it? Yeah. <gasps> and it is interesting. Thanks. I mean, we grapple with that all the time, yep. right? Of, uh-huh. of now what, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and there's and an, at a what million level? more things. Mm-hmm. And at what level? And, and how are we going to do this? And my goodness. And so yeah, I, I really liked that. I went back to that a lot. So what did he say though? Like, did he give you some? He, like, he did. Yeah. 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 So it made you know, me feel better about that. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, don't worry. You, like you're not alone. Consistently mm-hmm. successful people struggle to take it to the next level because they've done where their comfort zone is. Right. So the next thing that they broke it down into was, um, complexity in, in your business or what you do versus sophistication. And so think about like complexity, like all the things that, that we do on a daily basis, you know, um, getting, getting people lined up for, for this or that, or going and filming the TV show or getting the blogs out there or dealing with digital media, writing the things, um, you know, having the meetings, working, working through all the things that we're pretty good at. Like we know how to do that now. And so you can grow you can grow what you're doing through more complexity, right? Like we can add on ranch her and we can uh-huh. add on other things. And that's, that's not something totally different. It's just a challenge of complexity. Okay. So we're all really you're taking good. the same thing, but you're broadening it. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a human, right? Like I already did this once over here. So I'm so pretty I'm good gonna... at living down here in the complexity of doing it again. Yeah. And that's almost like a comfort zone thing, uh-huh. but like those challenges of complexity, they're there, but they're more operational. They're more like, um, you know, like we can figure out a process to make this happen and, and kind of happen on repeat. Yes. But the challenges of sophistication are what that next step is. So imagine me saying, um, you know, like we can, we can launch these other brands and we can do these other things and they can, they can live like farm her does. Yeah. But that challenge of sophistication is looking at what we're doing with, let's say farm her and then taking it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you're living in a space that you haven't lived before yep. and you're having to identify New, new process. Yep. New, and new things, new people mm-hmm. to network with new, Ooh. new areas. Huh? Right. So yep. challenges of complexity and you guys can't see me, but I'm running my hand yeah. sideways and like expanding like, it. Right. Like uh-huh. we can deal with these. And, and I came home and I told Tony last night, I'm like, you are the master of the challenges of complexity because you, whatever those complexities are, and he's shaking his head over there because he doesn't want to be the master of the challenges <laughs> of complexity. But, but the reality is like, you know, there's somebody who can boil down those processes yep. and that's uh, uh, usually like an operational person and right. and he's stellar at that, right? Yes, he is. And that, yes. that's what makes us able to do more of those mm-hmm. things. And do them very well. Yeah, efficiently and effectively. Yes. But but then you look at that challenge of uh-huh. like taking taking all of these up right. a notch from where we've been and, and what that's, does that look like? That's the, that sounds... Yeah. So uh-huh. he kind of broke it down of, you know, you've achieved success with where you, you've gotten to with the challenges of complexity and sophistication. So now, like, is it you or is it somebody else that, that yeah. will have to take it to that next level? Right. As long as you're aware of it, it, it doesn't matter. It can be you. Right. But I love that. I know. It, and that's it very um, time appropriate. I mean, right. that's, <laughs> that sounds serendipity. Uh-huh, there it is Lens again. in my lap again. Yep. Um, but yeah, so. That was what we spent a lot of the morning talking about. And I think that it was a good takeaway for me that Mm -hmm. everybody there nodded and had challenges of complexity. And they they also have that sophistication piece because we all have where we are. Right. And maybe you're happy with where we are. And that's not a problem. That's not not bad either. Yeah. But but when he asked the whole room, (sighs) how many of you want to stay exactly where you are? 
Nobody. Not one person Nobody wanted their to. Hand. That's why you were all there, too. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She said, how many of you have a problem? And we should have all raised our hand. But <laughs> but the reality is there's there's it's to each their own in life. Mm-hmm. But if you want to take something to that next level, it, it's an interesting way to think about it. And I should tell you yeah. that um, um, his book was What Happens Now. Okay. And and so there's more it about all this about it was all about this. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I walked away with the book, but I, I haven't read it yet. So right. I'm going to read Put it. it so more to come. Yeah. Um, and yep. so, yeah, I, I just thought that that was a really interesting way of thinking about breaking down yeah. kind of some of those really difficult things about taking it to that the next the, level, getting, getting beyond that mm-hmm. first wave of success and yeah. seeing what's next. And again, like as you're talking, what I'm thinking about is another theme that runs through a lot of our, our segments is you kind of found your community. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, you were reminded that you weren't on an Island by yourself Yeah, and that Even others though, are struggling with the same thing so much so that they did a whole summit to help you out. Really, really mm-hmm. busy people yeah. took time out of their day to come and travel yes. from all over the state to uh-huh. this. And that, that struck me too, that yeah. like, no matter what level you're them. at, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, we, we all need to, to learn and grow, grow and learn. And, yeah. And it's, it's not a bad thing at no. all. Um, so yeah, no matter what the scale of their business was, yeah. it was, it was very clear. So, um, we're obviously headed to break here and I have a little bit more to talk about. So we're going to come back in the wrap up and uh, tell you a little bit more about um, some of these stall points that they talked about, which Ooh. we all have, whether you're like a CEO or a, uh-huh. like a, whoever you are, whoever. it doesn't matter. Stall Everybody points. has stall points. Yeah. Yeah. So stick with us. Hey, this is Margie. Join the journey by calling in and leaving a message with your questions or comments. Anything you want to share goes at 855-776-6147 or record it on your phone and email it to us at info at farmher.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, this is Melissa with Tenriff Market. Just want to share with you some of the products we make using goat's milk from our family farm. We make a variety of soaps and lotions using the goat's milk along with other natural ingredients, adding essential oils and fragrances to give them that amazing smell. Some of the scents to choose from are lavender oatmeal, double mint, eucalyptus spearmint, sweet orange, and many more. We also make a variety of lip balm, lip scrubs, and sugar scrubs. If you'd like to find out more, please check us out at www.tinroofmarket.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. to Shining Bright. We are wrapping it up and we've been talking about putting yourself out there, being on a stage. We, uh, as you heard, talked to the great Deanie Richardson earlier and and heard some of her beautiful music and, um, you know, equating that to finding yourself maybe outside of your comfort zone. But, but what are you learning from that? And gosh, like everything in my life is always about that. And even sometimes I'm like, maybe it'll calm down. Maybe. I, and yeah. But then like you say, does. do you really want it? No, to? I would be bored. So I mean, maybe a month break somewhere. No, I actually <laughs> want to go to Hawaii yeah. and sit on that lanai and, and yeah, just for a month. I'm, I probably won't write a book, but no. I think I'll just sit there. Uh huh. Anyway, I, I like that too. So um, anyway, so some more of the things as I went through this day that stuck out to me that I think are, are applicable to all of us. So we spent some more time talking about the seven leadership stalls is what they call it in this book. But but there are points, things that happen, and these were all related to companies, to you know mm-hmm. executives, and to the leaders of companies. But um, I think that they're relatable to all of us in our lives, right? And so stall points where, you know, something happens and we just kind of like halt because uh-huh. we aren't sure what to do. And you're like, like paralyzed. Yeah. Par- Stall. It's paralyzing mm-hmm. for sure. I can think of, gosh, so many. I mean, yeah. I, I have um quite honestly, like every day, like yeah. there's something that I don't really want to deal with yep. because I'm like, I do too. it involves a person I don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. It involves a situation I don't want to deal with. And so, open a door to more things I'm going to have to deal yeah. with. <laughs> and then I push it off. Right. But it never goes away. No. It's just and a stall point. Exactly. Yeah. And what's the, what's the deal of being stalled? 
you always get going again. Like it's not mm. a broken down forever. No, it's just a stall. Just a stall. <laughs> <laughs> I think about the car, like the car that I had, um, like my first car just popped into my head. It was like a something Buick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, that has nothing to do with this. So, um, they went through these seven ones. So stalling when you failed to provide purpose to your team. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I think like this is something that's applicable to me. I, I like you think about all these things and, and how you can relate to it. And, you know, the rest of the world sees what farm farm hair is very clearly, but leading a team on the inside that's mm-hmm. like heads down running at it is a very different thing. Yeah. And something that I think I, I've definitely stalled at in the past and not known how to deal with. And, you know, we find ourselves picking up the pieces mm-hmm. of that sometimes, but um, I sat at a t- two tables worth of people that 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 was that their was one point. of their they, big. They things. got us up and they divided us out into. And, yeah. Um, as a room, the whole. Yeah. Um, one of these was called hamster on a wheel, stalling when you focus your time and energy in the wrong place. Ooh, that and, one's a a trap. Yeah, and I would say uh-huh. three fourths of the room. So whether whether you're running a farm, you're you're in charge of um, a group of. Uh, maybe volunteers, like what, whatever that is. Sometimes we find ourselves mm-hmm. like spending way too much time dealing in, in, I, I said it multiple times yesterday in the weeds Yep. and you're like, this is not this what is I'm not supposed to be doing. It. I mean, this happens to us every day here. Yeah. yeah. You are good yeah. about helping me pull me back up out of the weeds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, it happens to all of yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, I can hear myself. Room. I mean, in, in just little places every day, like, okay, stop. No more of that over here. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. And that can happen in minor and major, major ways. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's little mm-hmm. bits every day or yeah. like, shoot, we just led the company down the wrong path right. for two years. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or maybe not the wrong path, but we've been, we've been running down a path that isn't the right it path the anymore. Right path. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the wrong path while we're doing it, but we're ready to get on a different path now yep. and, and we're not hosting events anymore. Right. And while we love them and, and we love what people great. got out of them, like mm-hmm. it's a path that for many reasons we have to change. Yes. And so yeah. like whether it's, yeah. you know, um, like spending way too much time looking at my email or scrolling to Facebook a day mm-hmm. or, or all the way up to like shifting the, the path that you're on. Yeah. I mean, everybody deals with. Yep. So that that's that was a, probably that's the a mate. That was one. a majority. I bet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here was another good one: asleep at the stakeholder wheel. So stalling when you neglect your stakeholders. So whoever that is in the world around you, and you're so focused on maybe one thing that you're forgetting those relationships out there. And there was a great quote that mo- in the morning around this: when you need a relationship, it's too late to form it. <laughs> so. Always oh. be thinking about those connections yeah. that you have out there and mm-hmm. how you can um, nurture them, what you can give to them, how you can be a part of these communities. Because when you need that relationship, it, it is too late. You can't go back building on right. these things when, when something comes up. Yeah. And oh, I, that was an interesting one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to go through all these stalls. We're out of time. But the point to all of these was connecting with other people helps get you through these stalls, whether it's just a peer group, whether it's a, you know, a professional in some way, shape or form, connecting with other people is, is what pushes us through those stalls. Love it. Interesting, right? Yeah. That is super interesting. Okay. Everybody check out farmher.com for all, all of the stuff that we do over here. Thanks for sticking with us. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmher. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.